one of the things I love about going through the Bible is that's what we do here. We just go verse by verse and just go through it. It just goes where it goes. Amen. And we don't skip over anything. We talk about whatever we're at. And this is what we're talking about today. And if you're here, it's for you. So Matthew chapter 12, we've only got two verses to go over today. Uh, 31 and 32, it says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these movies where they're going out to do some sort of mission or anything like that. And then there's this funny part sometimes in these movies where someone will be explaining them, well, do you do this and do this and this? And then they say, and no matter what you do, don't ever do this. And the guy's like, what? And then the guy gets pulled away in another direction. Like, what am I not supposed to do? You guys know what I'm talking about? You've seen these kind of things? This message here is one that you have to get 100% correct. If you're here today and you're saying like, well, if, if there's something that I need to know about serving God or if there's something I need to know, friends, this is the message. Yeah. You, you better get this one right. Because if you get this one wrong, Jesus says you will not be forgiven. Which is really, for some of you, a surprise because you've probably been told, and it's true, that we serve an all-loving, all-knowing, all-giving, all-forgiving God. And that's true with an asterisk. Because this is a true statement that there is a sin that God will never forgive. And so if there's a sin that God will never forgive, it would behoove you, us, to understand that, internalize it, and make sure because none of us want to not be forgiven. Amen? Amen. Right? That's, that's, if you want to get something right, you want to get this thing right. Now, in this sermon today, what we're going to be talking about, and you're going to hear this word probably no less than 100 times today, is the word blasphemy. And uh, you may not know what this word blasphemy means, but the word blasphemy means defiant irreverence. Now, God is holy, we are not, and there's things that we should revere about God. God is not your buddy, he's not your pal, he's not somebody that you take lightly, he's a holy God that we must submit to and love and follow. And so, if we are being blasphemers, not only are we not not reverent towards God, but we're defiantly irreverent. We know we should be doing something, but we don't do it. That's defiant irreverence. It's a rebellious heart, rebellious action, uh, no holy reverence of God. It's willfully degrading the things of God. That, and if you don't know what degrading means, that means making something look bad or speaking something bad against God. And so... What blasphemy also is, is it's attributing evil to God. That means that something may happen and then you say, well, God did that. God was the one that uh, created this thing or God was the one that made that thing happen. Or it's denouncing uh, good as not of him to say, well, this good thing happened and say, well, uh, that's not of God either. Now, this defiant irreverence is a very unique sin because it's the sin of openly mocking God. It's, it's saying things that, that are, are, that other people can hear, that other people know about it. Uh, it's, it's the way in which you mock Him or your mouth speaks against Him. It's, it's the way that your lifestyle speaks when you say, I know that the Bible says that I shouldn't be doing this, but I do it anyway. Uh, that makes you a blasphemer. That you're, you're speaking against uh, the things of God and you're, and you're living against the way that the scriptures say that you should live. 
Um, and God does not like it. You, you do not want to do this. Like if there's things that you don't want to do, you do not want to be a blasphemer. You do not want to be involved in blasphemy. That is something that you want nothing to do with whatsoever. And, 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 and don't worry at the end of this sermon, you'll understand the unforgivable sin, but I'm trying to encapsulate it before we get into it. It's really the same as if you had two parents that raised you and loved you and took care of you, took you out to do stuff, raised you well, and you had a great upbringing. And then later on in life, you said, my parents hated me. It's to say, my parents never did anything good for me. My parents didn't watch out for me. My parents never taught me anything. That, that would be speaking against the nature and character of your parents and not being honest about who they are and what they've done. It would be better for you to just say, you know what? I'm choosing to be defiant against what my parents taught me to be. I don't like the fact that they taught me right. I don't like the fact that they were Christians. I don't like the fact they did these things for me. And so I'm living in defiance. Just would you be honest and say those types of things? Instead of saying, well, God isn't good and God doesn't do good things and God hasn't taken care of me, that's not true. It, uh, we're we're blasphemer, blasphemers when we say that God moves and then we say he didn't. When, when someone is forgiven by God and then we say they're not forgiven. It's when we say that, that that wasn't the spirit that was moving and, and God does evil things and God doesn't exist and God doesn't save. Like all those different things that people flippantly say is blasphemy. Now, in the Old Testament, Leviticus 24 says the sin of blasphemy was dealt with by stoning. Now, I, I, I can think of some bad ways to die, but stoning doesn't sound like a way that I want to go. Bless God, uh, we don't still stone people for blasphemy today, but it would be very interesting if we did, because I think it would really cut down on the blasphemy. I mean, if after service we buried people up to their neck and we all took stones and threw them at their head until they died a horrible death, you'd be like, brother so-and-so blasphemed this week. And you're like, well, I ain't doing that this week. Not going to do it at all. In the book of Revelation, blasphemy is described as the characteristic of those that are rebellious and oppose God. And I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised when professing Christians uh, say things against God and blaspheme his name. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. There's a direct rebellious irreverence of who God is. It's a ignorance of the scriptures. It's an in ignorance of the nature and character of God. And, and, and blasphemy is serious business. It's not something to be toyed with. It's not something that we should allow in our lives. It's not something that we should do. Now, I'll say this, is that God will forgive blasphemy. He will. Uh, and we're going to get into that to a minute. Uh, Jesus said in the scripture that people be forgiven of it if it's confessed of and that it's repented of. Uh, a, a blasphemer, someone, if you're sitting here right now and all, already with what we've been talking about, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a blasphemer. Quickly repent. Jesus could come back before this service is over. But Jesus makes it clear. You, you can be forgiven of blasphemy, but then he says there's a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that we're going to get into that he cannot forgive you of. And I'll give you the example is that Paul, uh, and if you don't know who Paul is, Paul's a gentleman that wrote most of the New Testament. And he previously was a guy that before he became a Christian, he would uh, persecute and kill Christians. And then Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and used him as the message, or excuse me, as the means to bring the message to the Gentiles. And so th- this is what Paul said. 
Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, isn't it interesting that those three things go together? Being a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. You you can play the ignorant card except after hearing this sermon. But, but here's the answer. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. So Paul was a blasphemer, but because of the love and grace of Jesus, he was forgiven that blasphemy. And then he was able to be the instrument to bring the, the good news to all of the people that were Gentiles so that we could all be saved. Amen. Uh, Christ Jesus came into the world, Paul continues, to save sinners among whom I am the foremost of all. So Paul doesn't have this idea to say, well, I was a blasphemer. I could never be forgiven. He has this idea to say, well, I was a blasphemer, but now I am no longer a blasphemer. I was a sinner that needed a savior. Uh, uh, Peter, if you remember him, he blasphemed Christ with curses and he was forgiven and restored. I say that to say that if you're a blasphemer, if you've taken part in it, there's hope for you. There's hope for me. There's hope for us. Even a believer can blaspheme. And I, as your pastor, I don't want to stand up here and say, well, I, I never blaspheme God. Dude, I've done it repeatedly, lots of times. And I've repented of it and asked, I mean, I've been, been a Christian for over 30 years. And, I, and I've asked the Lord for forgiveness. And then I do everything that I can to not continue to do that Amen. at all, Amen. at all. Any thought or word that sullies or defames the, Lord, the Lord's name constitutes blasphemy. It's what it is. It's when we question God's goodness. It's when we question his wisdom. Like, God, why did you do this? It's when we question his fairness and say, well, God, you chose to do this in somebody else's life. Why won't you do it in my life? That's blasphemy. It's when we question his truthfulness, his love, or his faithfulness. It's when we say, God, how come your word says we can't do this? I want to do this, Lord. But all of that is forgiven by grace if you will repent of that. And if you don't understand what the word repent means, repent means to turn. It's a change of mind and a change of action. It's like, I think this way, I'm going this direction, but I'm going to have a metanoia, a change of mind, and now I'm going to change and go this direction and think something differently. That's what it means to repent. First John 1 John 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I believe that front to back and everything in between, there is nothing but forgiveness that comes from the blood of Jesus and His cross. No matter what you have done, whatever you've been a part of, whatever you've believed in the past, God can and will forgive you of that if you will turn from that and turn to the forgiveness of Jesus. So this verse says, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. So Jesus said, this will be forgiven. This will not be forgiven. And then he says, anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven him either now or in the age to come. Now, Jesus is God. God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus is God. We believe in the Trinity here. And so, but there's a, there's an inner working of God's grace that's going on within the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into it here in just a moment. There's a blasphemy that can be forgiven and there's a blasphemy that cannot. Now, just to make it clear, and I, I know I'm repeating myself, but the reason why I'm repeating myself is because I want to make sure that we get this right. Amen. 
I don't want you walking out of here. You are not going to walk out of here today and wonder, what was he talking about? Because I'm going to drill down on it. Remember, we want to get this one right. You want to go to hell? No. No. Everybody's going, no, no, I do not. You want to get this one right. God's heart is this, and, and, and this is very important that you understand this. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, meaning patient, towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What does that mean? That means that God gets no pleasure from destroying people. None whatsoever. God's heart and nature is, I want to forgive you. I want to love you. I want to spend eternity with you. That's the nature and character of God. That's who he is. And the person that wrote that was Peter. Peter, the one that denied Christ three times. Peter, the one that sent Jesus to the cross when he denied him. And then he says, you know what? I know that God doesn't want to destroy people. I know that God forgives people. I know that he wants good things in people's lives. Peter repented and God forgave him completely and totally. When Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church, he meant it and he did. And he came from that place. Friend, we are saved by grace uh, through faith in Jesus. That's it. Only through believing in Jesus. What And so what we believe about Jesus is critical to our salvation. We are not saved by what we do. We are saved by what we believe. And what we believe is, is that Christ died for our sins and, and that we can be forgiven of everything. That's what we believe. We turn away from sin. We turn towards God. We receive salvation through Jesus. And so these beliefs about Jesus are far more important to our salvation than any slip of the tongue, okay? Or spare of the moment action. So if you were working in the garage this week and you slammed your hammer on your thumb and something came out and... Like Jesus, he didn't like take you out and go, oh, there's not going to be forgiven. Like what we believe is that we believe that Jesus is a forgiver. Amen. We believe that God is long suffering. We believe that God loves us and God forgives us. You have to understand that. It's not, I don't believe that you're 30 seconds away from losing your salvation. That's not what the Bible says at all. But uh, no one can be forgiven if they believe that Jesus works with the devil. That's blasphemy. If you believe that somehow Jesus works with the devil, that's blasphemy. Think about this. In the the book of Acts, Peter went and preached repeatedly to people who had crucified Jesus. This Jesus, whom you crucified, that's what he said, has now become Lord and Savior. So he went to the people that crucified Jesus and preached salvation to them and said, even though you crucified Jesus, you can still be saved. Even though you crucified Jesus, you can still live with him forever. And so that should be great news to us. I mean, if you're, if you're stack ranking sins and I don't like to stack rank sins, but if you were like on the crucifixion party that crucified Jesus, that's a big deal. But even the people that crucified Jesus can be forgiven. And so if, if, if Jesus wants to forgive the people that nailed him to the cross, how much more so can he forgive blasphemers like us that just have wrong beliefs and wrong mouths? Peter told them to repent, change your mind, believe and turn from your wickedness. Here's Peter preaching forgiveness to people if they would just repent to change their beliefs about the spirit through whom Jesus operated, to put their faith in Jesus as their savior, to move from blasphemy to blessing. 
to move from a place of, of being under the wrath of God to the blessings of God. And, and, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, some people are not experiencing God's blessings because they live in a constant state of blasphemy. Yeah, and, and this may be you. You might be like, well, I don't understand why God isn't blessing me. Well, because you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. You're trying to get fresh water and salt water from the same spring, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're, you're speaking against God and saying things against God and then trying to pretend like you're a Christian and then be like, well, I don't understand why God isn't blessing it. it, it it's really akin to the fact of like if you worked at a job and you had a boss and you constantly spoke against your boss all the time. And then you were always late to work and, and you said you didn't like the product or you didn't like the business. You didn't like the way they ran the business. And then you go to your boss and you say, Hey, can I get a raise? I'm confused, man. Like you speak against me. You don't believe in us. You show up late. You're a horrible employee and you want a nickel more an hour. Like, no, like there's so much more that needs to be fixed inside of you before we get to that point. And I believe that God is a blesser and I believe that God blesses me in spite of my wickedness. I really believe that. But I, but I also believe that some people are just not experiencing the blessings of God because they live in this dual nature where they're constantly like slamming God in his ways and then wanting to experience the blessings of God. Like it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. This following Jesus is an all or nothing proposition. And I know that offends some people because they would love to have, you know, a wicked life and sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on it, but it just doesn't work that way. Either you're going to follow Jesus or you're not going to follow Jesus. You're going to live for God or you're going to live for the devil. There's no in between. And I I just believe that Jesus wants us 24, 7, 365. And so I do not want to be a blasphemer. That's not who I want to be at all. Now, I'll show you here in the scripture, I, I don't know who these two guys are, Hymenius and Alexander, but things did not turn out for, well for them according to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.9 says, having faith in a good ch- conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, I'm of the thought that if something could happen to somebody in the Bible, it could happen to me. That's how I believe. I, I, if someone was blessed a certain way, I believe I can be blessed a certain way. If someone was punished a certain way, I think I'm going to be punished a certain way. I just believe the Bible. I take it for what it says. So Hymenius and Alexander were turned over to Satan to learn to not blaspheme God. I'd say, you know what, man? I want to learn how to blaspheme God without having to be turned over to Satan. Wouldn't that be an easier path? Wouldn't it be easier to just believe the right things and say the right things and live the right way so that you don't have to be turned over to Satan, Satan to learn how to not blaspheme God? I mean, people want forgiveness, but they want it without any change of heart or action. It does not work that way. It just does not work that I don't know any relationship unless it's a dysfunctional, abusive one where people live a certain way, contrary to how the other person wants them to live. And the other person continues to give them, you know, grace in that situation. It just doesn't work that way. There's always a breaking point in the relationship. You live your life that way. God works that way as well. So that's the intro. Let's get into the sermon. Well, you, you, you've got, you've got to understand it before you get into it, right? So you've got a good, do you have a good, robust understanding of blasphemy now? Okay. So let's get you the, now the first way that people blaspheme God is that they call his works demonic. So God does something. And then you say that was the devil. That's blasphemy. This is unforgivable. If you do not repent of it, 
Okay, let me say that again. This is unforgivable if you do not repent of it. So if you have our will or speak against the things of God and say, man, that's the devil. Like if you call me the devil as I preach the word of God and you don't repent of that, God is not going to forgive you of that. If you see God move in somebody else's life and you don't repent of that after you called it demonic, Jesus can't work with that. You know, he just can't. I mean, we just going through last week and it was a good sermon about a house divided shall not stand. And, and, and Jesus con- uh, came to these guys and said, man, uh, Jesus and, uh, or excuse me, he said, myself and Beelzebub don't work together. It doesn't work that way. But that's what people were doing. This is the context of last week as we flow through it together. We just go little by little where he's actually saying that like, you know what I mean? You can't attribute what I do as the devil. You can't say that I'm in cahoots with Beelzebub. It just doesn't work that way. You can't say that about me, Jesus says, and then expect that somehow God is going to forgive you of that. This is a pretty big deal if you're saying that Jesus is a false God or that he is a demon. Amen? Like it's serious business. And so if you call God Satan, it's destroying his work on this earth. If you, if you call God by any other name or ascribe his work as demonic, it's blasphemy and it's unforgivable. And, and you cannot live in a constant state of unbelief towards God and his works. What does that mean? That means that like you, and people that do not follow God and Jesus are just willfully disobedient. There's really no other answer. You cannot look at life. You cannot live this life and not see God's fingerprints all over all of it. You have to willfully choose and say God does not exist. You have to willfully choose that Jesus is not real because life is good. Amen. I don't know about you. I still love being alive. I want to, I want to go to heaven, but I, even in the midst of everything that's going on, I still like my life. I I enjoy being alive. God has created the earth as a great place to be able to be. And so for us, this means that you have to watch what you say about the things of God that you don't understand. Now, I, I remember Paul said, he goes, God, give me grace when I was ignorant. To, I, have a, I have a pretty robust work, working knowledge of this book. I don't have complete recall of it, but I, I, the big themes I know, of, I can't tell you where all of it is. Sometimes I have to Google it just like anybody else. You don't have to memorize the Bible to prove that you love Jesus. It's fine. God gave us Google. Uh, maybe he didn't give us Google. Maybe that's blasphemy. We have an online search engine. I don't know what it's from, but here's the, uh, <laughs> be careful. But, but there's, there's ways that we blaspheme God without realizing where we say things like, God cannot forgive them. That's blasphemy. Like when you see those news stories of people doing despicable things, and you say, man, I hope they burn in hell. That's blasphemy. Why should you want that person to burn in hell? You should want them to be saved. I mean, you should say, man, God, I hope that someone in prison leads them to you. I hope that they can spend eternity with you. That's blasphemy to say, man, I hope that person burns in hell. It's blasphemy to say, well, God would never forgive a person like that. Forgave a person like you. Why do you think God wouldn't? And and people do it all the time, though. It's not, it's not even blasphemy. It's not even just that they blaspheme God when they talk about forgiveness. Then they talk about the works of God and say that it's blasphemy. Right? So, I mean, if you've read your Bible and you've been around Christianity, there's some stuff that's like, ah, it's a little bit different. Like 1 Corinthians 14 through 16, it goes through all the gifts of the Spirit. It talks about speaking in tongues. It talks about healings. It talks about gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, all these different things, healings. 
and what happens is, is that either you don't know God, you don't know the Bible, you go to one of these churches that say that, honestly, I've been to a church before where they said that people that believe in the gifts of the Spirit are demonic. <sighs> be careful with that. That's blasphemy. You, you, you would do a whole lot better to just be like, man, I don't know about that. Cause, cause it's in the Bible. It's clear. The, 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 just, just so I'm clear. You believe you're made of dirt, great flood and Sinai and the desert and, you know, talking donkeys. And then you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, died on a cross, rose himself from the dead. He walked on water, healed the sick, raised the dead. And then like, man, I don't know if, I don't know if people can still, you know, believe for healing in this day and age. That's speaking in tongues. That seems pretty weird. That seems pretty demonic. But you believe that Jesus raised himself from the dead, right? You believe that. And you believe that he walked on water, right? And then he spit in people's eyes and rubbed it in. And you, you believe that he brought a dead man back from the grave. But for some reason, you don't believe that the Holy Spirit can move through another person to be able to give you a word of knowledge. You don't think somebody can speak through you to be able to prophesy to somebody else. You literally have to tear pages out of the Bible and say, well, these pages don't, don't apply. So again, if you don't want to believe in that stuff, like you don't have to believe in it. That's fine. Like you're, you can, you can go to heaven without speaking in tongues. You can do that, but, but don't go the next point where you become a blasphemer, blasphemer and say, well, that's not God. You would do a whole lot better to just, just watch the show, man. And I get it, man. Some of the stuff's kind of different. It's a little bit different. You know, I, I, I've, I've fell out in the spirit sometimes where, you know, people prayed for me and then I'm down on the floor and I'm like, man, how did I end up there? That's weird. I don't understand this. And people say, well, how does that? Well, it said signs and wonders and I wondered what was happening. Like, I, just, yeah. I was at a service many years ago with Pastor Wendell Smith up at the city church and I remember... It was a pastor's conference, and he was like, hey, if anybody wants to come up for prayer, and I was like, yeah, come up for prayer, sounds good. And so then he was, he was just like, we went through a line, and he was praying for us, and um, just praying good things over us as pastors, and then when me and Crystal went up there, he started to pray, and I ended up on the ground weeping, I don't know what happened, and uh, I, 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 they had a video of the service, so I bought the video, because I wanted to, I want to watch myself fall out, that seemed real interesting, and so... <laughs> So I'm watching it and his hand started to come towards my head and his hand and my eyes were closed. And I was like, he never even touched my head because I've been in the pushing service. The Like I've been in those. Have you guys never been in those? Yeah, man. It ain't right. This dude wasn't a push. It was like my, his hand was this far away from my head. And my eyes were closed and punk down on the ground. Wow. That's interesting. Now you might say like, well, that's weird. And I, I thought it was as well. <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm not going to go against the word of God, though. I just let God be God. If someone's up here, you know, barking and stuff, kick him in the ribs. Like, that ain't the Bible. You know what I mean? Well, like, people fell down in the presence of God. People spoke in tongues. People spoke prophecy. People healed. People had words of knowledge. Like this stuff happened. And, and, and so we've got to be very careful about what we say about the things of God. Do not call it demonic. That's blasphemy, and, 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 and you're going to answer to God for that stuff. You're speaking against biblical stuff. Don't say that Jesus did blasphemy. He didn't. He did the will of the Father. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus said in John 4, 34. 
The Bible says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that he raised the dead and healed the sick. He walked on water. He cast out demons all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second way that people blaspheme God. First way they blaspheme God is saying that the things that God does is demonic. Don't do that. If you're doing that, repent of that. The other way that people blaspheme God is that they say that Jesus is not God. They say that Jesus is, uh, uh, Jesus is not Lord. Now, today, right now, there are people in this world, there might even be some of you that are in this room today, that say, Jesus is not God. I just don't, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that Jesus is God. And, and so based on what the Word of God says, you are a blasphemer. If you do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if you do not believe that Jesus is the chosen one, if you do not believe that Jesus is the way to the Father, the Bible says you're a blasphemer, and then God can't forgive you of that. And and if God can't forgive you of that, that means that you're going to spend eternity in hell. That means you're not going to spend eternity with Jesus. Now, I know for some people they say, well, you know, it seems really you know sickening that God would send people to hell. God does not send people to hell. There, there, there is heaven and eternity where you can spend eternity with Jesus. And I don't know exactly what it's like because I haven't been there. I've never heard anybody that comes back that doesn't want to stay there. But I know there's gold and there's streets and there's great things that go on there. It sounds really cool. And there's rubies and walls and all these other things. And if you say in your heart, I don't believe that Jesus is God. And I don't want to go where he promises that I can go. God says, okay, well, my hands are kind of tied on this one because there's really only one path to come spend eternity with me. So if you don't want to spend eternity and every single one of us is going to live forever, you're going to live forever whether you want to or not. God says, well, you don't want to be with me and, and you don't believe in me. So, all right, well, I'll give you what you want. And I've got this place reserved for all of those people that don't believe in me and don't want to spend eternity with me. The title of it is just called hell. It's what he didn't say like, well, you're going to hell. It's like, no, he's giving you what you wanted. Hell is eternal separation from God. There's torment there and there's weeping of gnashing of teeth there. And so don't get mad if so, if a preacher or anybody else says, well, people that don't believe in Jesus go to hell. It's not a, it's not a swear word. It's not a way to put you down. It's like, well, it's like, I don't know. It's just a bad, horrible place that you don't want to spend eternity in. And God is giving you what you want. And so that, that blasphemy cannot be forgiven. When you die and you stand before God, uh, you do not get a second chance. But, well, you know, now that I'm dead, I kind of want to change my mind. It's like, that doesn't work that way, man. If you don't want to be around the things of God now, you don't, why do you want to spend eternity with him? You, you don't want to be up there with all of God's people. You didn't like his, his people and didn't like, if you didn't like church, you're not going to like heaven because the whole church is going. Like that's the bulk of the people that are going to be there are all the Christians that are in church this Sunday all over the world. You say, I hate church and I hate church people, but you want to go spend eternity with us? Like, ah, I'm, I'm confused. How is Jesus the Messiah? He's the Messiah because he entered it through the priesthood of Melchizedek. And I don't have time to go into all of it, but in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, uh, the Melchizedek priesthood was instituted by God. Abraham went to the Melchizedek. Why? Because God always needed a mediator between God and man to be able to deal with our sin problem. 
And so that was established long before the law of Moses and everything else. But you go through all the Old Testament and it's just a story about God's plan of redemption to be able to bring a Messiah. And so Jesus is, the book of Hebrews said, a priest forever in the, in the, in the order of Melchizedek. And so Jesus fulfilled all the righteous requirements of being a priest. Uh, to, you know, they, he was anointed with oil and he was baptized with water and he didn't do things. And he, you know, didn't eat certain foods or whatever because God was establishing him as a forever priest. And so now Jesus is the mediator, mediator the intermediary between you and uh, God. There, there is no other way. You, you, the only way that you can get to God is through Jesus Christ. It's not through a pastor. It's not through a priest. It's not through your grandpa. It's not through anybody else. It's only through your personal relationship with Jesus that you're able to spend eternity with God. And so Jesus is Messiah. Now, how do you apply this in your own life? When, when, when people say Jesus was a good moral teacher, that's blasphemy. Because it's minimizing that he was Messiah. It's minimizing that he was God. And so if you're trying to share salvation with your friends, like, oh, you know, I, Jesus was a good, good moral teacher. No, 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 no. He was bla- That's blasphemy to say that. When people say that there is more than one way to God besides going through Jesus, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other name by which anybody should be saved except Jesus Christ. And so when people say, well, Jesus is a good, is a path to God, that's blasphemy. When Jesus say, excuse me, when people say that Jesus wasn't the Messiah, that's blasphemy. And, and, and why is this important? Is because if people do not believe that Jesus is Messiah, God does not forgive people of that. This idea that somehow the, the most wicked people in your life that never knew God and never wanted to be around Jesus, and then they die, and then you just think, well, you know, they were good, faithful people, and, you know, he was old, old Uncle Ern was faithful to Aunt Ida, and so he's probably in heaven. No, he's not. The Bible makes it abundantly clear. Without Jesus, no, no one will see the Father at all. Nobody, nobody that does not follow Jesus is looking down on you from heaven. That's false. And people have this false sense of hope of like, oh, well, you know, they lived a really struggling life. They never followed Jesus, but they're in a better place. No, that's blasphemy, man. They are not in a better place. Now, I'm not encouraging you to be at lunch and be like, nope, Uncle Ernst in hell. That's where you don't, don't say that. Okay. You don't need to do that. But what you don't need to do is you don't need to like join in their blasphemy when they say, well, he's in a better place. Just take a bite of your food and just sit there. Don't be blasphemous, man. There's one way. There's only one way to punch your ticket to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Do not be privy to that. Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, this blasphemy of not believing in Jesus as Messiah, if you repent of that, it's forgivable. Amen? You, you just say, oh man, like as you're listening to this sermon, like, wow, this Jesus sounds like he is Messiah. Then you just change from like not believing to believing. You turn away from sin and turn towards God and God forgives you. And then you live forever with him. Okay. So first way that we ascribe uh, blasphemy to God is calling his works demonic. God will forgive that. Calling Jesus, not the son of God. God will forgive that too. If you repent of this, but here is the unforgivable sin. Now I know that some of your eyes are getting heavy because there's not as many funny stories today. You can come back next week. There'll be some great funny stories. 
we'll be talking about the power of the mouth and how you need to change your mouth. So that'll be really good for all of you. Amen. But there's some funny stories in that one. huh? Funny stories, not so much here. Uh, because I believe that this is just a teaching that we have to all understand. Amen. So stay with me. We're, we're landing the plane. Seats up, tray tables up. We're coming down. Okay. But you want to pay attention to this because you do not want to get this one wrong because this is the unforgivable sin. This is the one that will send you to hell. This is the one that God never looks past ever. The third way that people blaspheme God is resisting the Holy Spirit's conviction of sin and the offer of Christ's salvation. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're watching online, you're watching a recording of this years later, if you are feeling conviction from the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit through this message or anything else that your life has led up to this point, and you're like, oh my gosh, I know I need to follow Jesus, and I, I know I need to forgive, uh, or excuse me, I know I need to be forgiven of my sins, and I want to be a Christian, and you resist that, and you dismiss that, and you say, I, I'm not going to do that, God will never forgive you of that unbelief. He will never forgive you of that unbelief. That is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That that is the blasphemy that cannot be forgiven. Because if you are rejecting what Christ provides, God cannot look past that and somehow welcome you into his presence and into heaven and, and be a man of his word. He cannot do that. And so it is the unforgivable sin. It's an act of resistance which belittles the Holy Spirit so grievously that he withdraws forever with his convicting power so that we are never able to repent and be forgiven. So if, if you still feel it in your gut, if you still feel like the Holy Spirit is pointing, you should turn to Jesus right now. You need to run to the throne of his grace and say, forgive me, I want to live for you. Because woe be to you if you are not feeling the Holy Spirit's conviction of sin. You should praise God every time you feel conviction. Like, ooh, man, the Holy Ghost is still coming at me. I'm, I'm thankful of that. Praise God. Because it's not just unbelief. It's a determined unbelief of Jesus. It's a determined unbelief of the Holy Spirit and His power. It's a defined attitude that says, no, I will not do this. In, in Matthew 19, and I'm going to show this to you uh, really quickly. In Matthew 19 is the story of the rich young ruler and, and, and people have used this story as a means to talk about money and tithing. And, and I really, I really don't believe that that's the point of this story. The point of this story is this guy had to give up everything to follow Jesus and he wasn't willing to do it. Uh, Matthew nineteen sixteen. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what, what, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said, in which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now watch this. The young man said to him, all of these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? The the, the point in saying that was like, okay, I've kept all your rules, preacher man. So what, what else is the problem here? Like if I want to have eternal life, I've followed all your rules. Why can't I go to heaven? And Jesus makes it very clear. If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. 
And, and, and what Jesus uncovered in this young man's life was that he loved being a ruler. He loved his money and he was unwilling to give that up. And so Jesus said, this thing which you love the most is the thing I want you to give up. I want you to follow me. But when the young man heard that, he went away very sor- sorrowful because he had great possessions. The, the call of Jesus is not to bring their junk with you. The call of Jesus is leave everything behind and follow him. That means everything in your life is on the table. That means every relationship, every action, every hobby, every possession is laid at the feet of Jesus and said, what, what am I allowed to keep? Uh, you, you, you can take it all, but I'll, I'll just take what you give me. And so after seeing everything that God offers to bring a fir- person to full understanding and to refuse even consider believing in Christ, this is the ultimate blasphemy. It's refusal of belief in the face of facts. Friend, there is more factual evidence for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus than most stories in antiquity. But people just refuse to believe it. And I'll tell you, I'll just be honest, man. The reason why people don't want to turn to Jesus is because they want to live in their wicked ways. They want to hold on to their sins. Men want to still watch porn and people want to still, you know, get drunk and people want to use drugs and people want to cheat on their spouse and people want to have a bunch of cuss words and they want to give up their time and their money and like, oh, God wants my money. God does not want your money, man. He wants your heart. But people deny it all the time and they think somehow God's going to look past that unbelief and think like, well, God's, God's probably not going to do that to me. No. No, this is eternal damnation. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. So not only do you live under the judgment of God now, but then you're going to live under the judgment of God for all eternity because you refuse to come to Jesus now. You, you, you can't be forgiven unless you come to him now. You're, you're not, you're, there's no second chance after death. There's no second chance upon the return of Christ. When you hear that Jesus is back, it's too late. You, you don't know. The Bible says tonight your very life could be demanded of you. You have no idea who holds tomorrow. Or excuse me, you don't know what tomorrow holds. I know who holds tomorrow. But in your defiant resistance, you say, well, I, God's just going to give me more time. You don't know that. And, and, and so God cannot forgive you not coming to Jesus. That's not how it works. So what does it mean to you? And this is the end. Friend, don't blaspheme God. Okay. Don't attribute his works to the devil. Don't, don't do that. Don't say Jesus wasn't God. And thirdly, do not refuse his free gift of salvation. Why would you refuse it, man? Dude, the God life's the best life. What are you talking about? I love, say amen if you love serving God. Yeah, dude, it's the best life. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be here. Neither would any of these people here, man. I love it. Why would you turn away from that? Why would you refuse God's uh, act of salvation? If you're a Christian, why would you uh, not take Christ's forgiveness? Why are you walking in shame and guilt, man? Take that, take that forgiveness right now. And, and so now today, you can ask Jesus to forgive you of your blasphemy. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus and you say, man, I spoke against his works. I need to ask for forgiveness. Boom, he's going to forgive you in Jesus' name. If you don't believe that he's Messiah and you want to give your life to him today and you want to put your full faith in him, you can do that today in Jesus' name. Uh, and, and you just need to re- remind yourself of this as you go out to be able to share it with people what blasphemy truly is. The unforgivable sin is refusing Jesus and his offer of salvation. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Now we're going to end this service today asking you if you would like to become a Christian.
and we do it every Sunday and I will continue to ask if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never had a moment that you said, you know what, I'm done living for myself. I want to live for Jesus. You've never made that decision. I want you to make that decision right now. Because the Bible says you're a blasphemer and blasphemers don't go to heaven. The way to overcome your blasphemy is just to say, you know what, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. I want to be forgiven. I, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to live for you. And, and the Bible says to not continue in your sin, but to turn away from it and turn towards Christ. Be forgiven. If you've never made that decision before and you'd like to do it for the first time, I'd like you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that? Hand held high. I see that hand. Now, if this is the first time you've ever raised your hand, I want you to walk up front and I want you to have someone come pray with you. It's okay. Jesus still moves, man. of this young man. Some of y'all, man, there's a reason why Jesus said, unless you come to me as little children, you'll never see the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you've been far from God. Maybe you knew the truth. Maybe you walked forward when you were a kid. Like, man, I don't know what happened. I've, I've been so gone. And you need to come back to Jesus. I want to rededicate your life today. If you need to rededicate your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Say, I'm done living that way. I'm ready to come back to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, for the rest of us, if there's a sin of blasphemy that we need to repent of, just say it to Jesus. Say, Lord, please forgive me if you will. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you have directed us, God, and we confess those sins that we've spoken against what you've done. God, we confess once again that you are Lord and Savior. God, we give you our lives. Lord, would you forgive us? Father, help us, Holy Spirit, to live a life that's pleasing to you. God, we submit to your Lordship today. God, we do not want to be guilty of this unforgivable sin, and so we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you're a God that forgives and redeems and sets free, and, and we receive that forgiveness today, God. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.